What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. It's Chelsea reporting live from Cape Town, South Africa. I leave tomorrow on our next leg of the trip to Valencia, Spain. And if you're like, what is Chelsea doing globe trotting? I'm on a trip called Remote Year right now, where I travel with a group of people for the next four months. So we started in Cape Town, then we go to Valencia, which is where I studied abroad. So it's going to be very nostalgic. Then we go to Lisbon, Portugal, and then we end in split Croatia. So we have a lot of traveling to do. We're exploring a lot. And my social calendar is filled to the freaking brim to the point where I'm like, okay, I might be introverted. I need time alone. I cannot go out every single day of the week. I cannot be around people all the time, which has just been a really weird transition from someone who literally used to go out like six nights a week when I lived in Chicago. So I'm going through like a bit of an identity crisis here where I'm like, what is happening? Thank God I'm in therapy though. And I use better help because my therapist is like, you don't have to identify so hard with like being an introvert or an extrovert or a party girl. And I'm like, you're right. Thank God I have you to talk to every week because without you, I would be going absolutely insane. So shout out better help. P.S. You can get 10% off your first month if you use the link in my bio, by the way. But yeah, it has been a crazy, crazy adjustment. And I don't even know that I've fully adjusted. It's just constantly deciding what to prioritize, what are my boundaries, what do I actually need to focus on. It's been a whirlwind. I can't even believe that we've already been here a month and we leave tomorrow. It's really bittersweet because I am loving Cape Town. Full disclosure, might move back here for the winter because it's their summer. So right now I'm here in the winter that is South Africa winter. So I want to come back when it's sunny and there's more people out and you can go to the beach. Um, I also love South African men just putting out out there like cutie, patooties, nice, social, outgoing. I mean, I have not been disappointed with what I've been seeing here. South Africans might be my new favorite group of people. And I'm so happy I met them in real life and not just on Below Deck Mediterranean. <laughs> I asked them all about that. And they're like, Gary is so naughty. He's the bosun on Below Deck, actually the sailing yacht one. And he is my frame of reference for South Africans. And they're all like, no, no, no. Do not use Gary as your frame of reference. I'm like, okay, good to know. But yeah, love South Africa. Very sad to be leaving. It was an amazing experience. And I really do think I'm going to come back here in winter. So speaking of what to prioritize, if you have felt like me and you're like, what is going on with Instagram that they change it every three days, but... I don't want to be on TikTok and emails and Pinterest and have a podcast and be on Facebook and have my Facebook group and have a private channel on Mighty Networks. And you're just like, what the actual fuck am I supposed to do with my time and my attention and my focus? And I really think the first thing is start simplifying. Pick like one to three platforms where you have fun on them, where you see conversions if you're a business owner, where you enjoy spending time on it and put your eggs in those baskets. I would not put all your eggs in one basket, by the way. I would never, ever, ever put your eggs in one basket. So if you're like, I only have one platform and that's Instagram, I do not think that's the best strategy. So pick like one to three. And my suggestion is actually pick a platform that's longer form or allows you to be longer form so that you can extract from that and then distribute it on other platforms. For example, I might be a little biased with this one, but you have a podcast then you transcribe that podcast and you use the transcription for captions in your social media, or you transcribe it and use the concepts in your email. You can take the concepts and turn it into a reel or a TikTok. There's just so much you can do literally with even a 10 minute podcast that could turn into 10 pieces of content. 
Now, on the flip side, you could also start something long form like a Substack or a YouTube channel where, again, maybe it's you write a weekly newsletter or it's a 15 minute training video and then you extract from that and you distribute it on other platforms. So with Instagram, I mean, you guys know I've really struggled with my relationship with it because it's like I do connect with people there. I have found so many incredible opportunities and recommendations and I stay in touch with people. My mom just said she doesn't even feel like we need to catch up on the phone because she saw my stories and she's like, I just feel like I know what you're doing. And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like getting off of it is not the strategy. But then when I really think about where do my clients come from? What do I like doing? Where do I like to spend my time and energy? I like writing and speaking. So for me, podcasting and emails are my best bet. And those are actually where all my clients come from. So I'm not all of a sudden going to take five hours out of my week to create Instagram content when I could put that towards a podcast or emails. Again, where people are actually converting because that audience is a lot different than a social audience. So the long and short of it is I would treat some of these social media platforms as distribution tools for your long form content versus treating everything differently. And you know, you're like, I'm trying to create new original ideas all the time. That's what's burning you out. You need to work smarter and not harder. This is like my campaign trail of 2022 is stop using all your creative energy and mental freedom on creating unique ideas every single day of the week. That's actually not a thing. You really need to read the book, Steal Like an Artist, so you understand that unique ideas are always inspiration from something else. Like at some point you saw or read or consumed something that informed that idea or that planted the seed. So when you're waking up every day and you're like, dear God, I have to create like a whole new reel and a funny TikTok and a very profound, smart, sales-driven email and a podcast that is, you know, entertaining and whatever. Yeah, I can imagine why everyone's burning out. No wonder everyone fucking hates their jobs and wants to quit entrepreneurship. It's like, what are we doing? We're spinning our mental wheels every day and then questioning why are we burnt out? So like I said, I, I do have a bias with podcasting. And here's the reason why, though. It's not just because I love doing it. I mean, you know, I love to talk. I've been talking for five years on this podcast. I'm a verbal processor. And I just like the idea that I can talk about whatever I want, whenever I want, however long I want. But when I started really asking people where they were finding me and where they were investing in me, it was because they either A, listened to my podcast, B, found me on another podcast and then started listening to my podcast or C, found me in a guest training that I did where I was a guest coach or speaker. I have never had anyone tell me I directly converted from like one of your Instagram posts. Maybe they find me on Instagram and that leads them to the podcast or to the group coaching programs that I'm a guest in, but it's never been like, wow, I saw two of your reels and I was ready to work with you. Because working with me is a high level investment, especially if we do the six month investment. It's really hard to convert someone into a high ticket investment with short form content. So that's why today I actually wanted to repurpose my conversation with Natalia Benson on her podcast because we talked about the power of podcasting for your business. We talk about taking the leap and launching your own podcast, the powerful impact that podcasting has, bringing your business to life with your voice. I love this concept because I really think podcasting personifies your business the mindset of a podcaster, because I know this one's huge. This is why I actually like to call myself a mindset and podcast coach, because I know people get in their heads, like, who's going to listen to me? I don't have an audience. No one's going to think this is interesting. And we really get into it in this episode. 
I also talk about best practices for systems and automation and interviewing, which is one of my favorite things. So if you're really trying to learn how to hone in on your interview skills, you definitely want to tune in to the later part of this episode. Making social media your own flavor, because I think a lot of us see other influencers or coaches or whatever do something, and then we try to copy that and it feels really unaligned because we're like, yeah, that's not how I actually talk. I don't even use those colors. That's not the font I would ever choose. But I saw this multi-million dollar coach use it and it seems like it works for her. So let me try it. And then we completely lose ourselves in social media marketing. So we really get into that. And then finally, we talk about monetizing your podcast. There are so many ways to monetize outside of direct brand sponsors. And I'll probably do a whole series on this soon where I discuss different ways to monetize and why brand sponsors you don't always want to put your eggs in that basket either. As you can tell, I'm very much a diversify your revenue streams type of person. And I, I think the same with monetizing your podcast. I think it's really important to understand all the different options. I had so much fun on Natalia's podcast, and I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I have the opportunity now to guest speak inside her program. And interestingly enough, I'm going to go ahead and say that was because of our connection through podcasting. That's not because of my content on Instagram. It's not because of my emails. I'm able to speak in her group program because we've had genuine conversations on both of our podcasts. So this is just to get your wheels spinning of what podcasting could really do for your business. And perhaps it's something you want to prioritize over social media marketing right now. I often hear people say, let me you know, launch my course and then I'll get back to you and then start my podcast. Or let me go ahead and try to sell a few spots to my retreat and then I'll get back to you. And I think something that I really want to point out is that launching a podcast will help you sell those spots to your course. It will help you sell out that retreat. If anything, it's going to be easier to sell out because you get to talk about things at length and explain your concepts more in depth. And again, we talk about that a lot in this podcast. So I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to let you listen to this podcast. And if you do want to launch a podcast, I have two spaces open for one-on-one -on -one coaching to start in August. So I will leave the link in my show notes for that application or DM me on Instagram at Chelsea Rife or email me info at ChelseaRife.com and we can see if this is your best next step. All right, without further ado, let's tune into this episode where I'm actually a guest on Natalia Benson's podcast. Chelsea Rife, welcome to the show, boo. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I really love these full circle moments because obviously we met through, well, definitely through Instagram and Heal Your Money. But when you interviewed me, I was so blown away at how incredible you were at interviewing. And it was such an enjoyable, incredible experience that I was like, we have to have you on to like talk about all of these things. I love it. So full circle and yeah, heal your money. And that course changed how I transformed my money mindset and how I manage my money. And so like my money is tight now. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, uh, it's a team effort, but that makes, True. you know, that makes me so happy. So I'm very proud of you and you're fucking crushing it. So just for everyone who is just meeting you, just hearing your voice and your name for the first time, give us a little bit of your backstory, babe. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, Chelsea Rife, I'm a mindset and podcast coach. I got into the coaching world about two years ago. I actually started out purely mindset coaching. And then it wasn't until probably maybe eight months in that things just started to click where I'm like, 
I'm, I think I'm good at mindset coaching, but I think my zone of genius is podcasting. So I have actually run my own podcast since 2017. I went to school for storytelling. I actually got my master's in storytelling and digital media. Yeah, it's a real degree. Um, I also had my undergrad in broadcast journalism. I wanted to be a sports reporter for ESPN. I loved hosting classes. I loved reporting classes. And so when I ended up working in corporate America, I actually worked in sales for influencer and content marketing. And we had to understand the whole media landscape, like how to pitch to brands, how to pitch to PR teams, how to sell the digital media teams, and then understand influencer marketing and content strategy. So as I'm, you know, making my way into the mindset coaching world, all of a sudden it hits me like, Chelsea, you have years of experience understanding storytelling and content and creating. I think that's what you need to be teaching. So I made the switch to really focus on podcast coaching. And as the universe would have it, I put up an Instagram story and I was like, Hey, I'm testing out this program, one-on-one coaching. Let me know if you're interested. And I think like that week, four people signed up and I'm like, this is a sign that this is what I'm meant to be doing. And yeah, now I'm here. I'm, I'm really focused on podcast coaching, but I do interweave mindset into it because I think that's a big, big piece. And I still have that layer of my work in, in what I do. And I, I feel like, and oh my God, it, it is, oh, I'm having a moment. It is so <laughs> important. Like even for me, I started this podcast a couple of years ago and it was really having the confidence just to begin. That was the biggest hurdle. What do you feel like in terms of the mindset? I know we're going to go deeper into this as we talk, but what would you say is like the biggest hurdle you see for women who want to start podcasts? What's maybe like a mindset hook that, that can be tough to overcome? The number one thing I see is that people are like, there's already a podcast out there like it. Who's going to listen to mine? So it's that fear of like, I'm not big enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not credible enough. Who's going to listen to me? There's already an astrology podcast. There's already a money podcast. I see this over and over and over again. And what I tell people is, thank God there's other podcasts that exist like that because it shows that there's a market. It shows that people are interested in that kind of content. So if anything, look at it as evidence, like, wow, people like these topics. And I like to compare it to a library. Imagine if we said there's already a self-development author out there and there's already a money book out there, we would have five books in the library and then we would just stop. But if you think about the content you like as humans, we like to hear multiple different perspectives. I always tell my clients this, I'm like, go pull up your podcast app and go look at all the podcasts you listen to. They probably are all very similar. They're probably in the same genre, but you listen to one because you love the girl's personality. You listen to the other one because you like her comedic timing. You listen to the other one because it's just like fun and silly. You're never like, oh, sorry, I already listened to one astrology podcast. I have to delete all the others. So I always tell people you need to find evidence that again, it's good that there's multiple podcasts out there like that. And you might be the voice that someone's waiting to hear. Damn, you guys, if that just doesn't make you, don't turn off this episode yet, but if that doesn't make you like run off and actually record your first episode, like, I don't know what it is. Cause I think about that, all the episodes, all the all the podcasts I listen to, they're very similar. It's just, mm-hmm. I, it's the people that I connect with. I fucking love that. What's your astrology, Chels? I'm an Aquarius sun and a Virgo moon rising and my North Nodes in Capricorn. Oh my God. You're, you're a Virgo North. No- Wait, I'm sorry. You're a Virgo ascendant and moon. Yes. 
Dang, babe. Do you feel like your astrology really plays into like the technology and like the, the attention to detail? Cause like even just your voice, cause Virgo is ruled by Mercury. you like, you have such a powerful voice. Like, it's like, I think it's amazing that you were thinking of doing the sports reporting. I was like, <laughs> I can so hear that, but then transitioning it into this is just fucking amazing. Yeah. I a hundred percent when I, at first I've always identified with my sun sign. I'm such an Aquarius. I love to rebel. I love to do things differently. <laughs> I'd love to disrupt. But then when I started podcast coaching, I would do these one-off consults just to start. And people would give me this big idea. And they're like, I don't know how much we're going to be able to figure out in this one hour, but I'm just going to tell you my idea. And they would tell me. And by the end of the call, they would have their first five episodes mapped out when they're recording the season, the name. And they were always like, how did this happen? And I kind of didn't understand. And I, when I looked at my astrology, I'm like, I think this is my Virgo moon taking complex, big ideas and bringing them to the ground and earthing them and saying, okay, now we have a plan of action. Now we can execute. Um, by the way, I also have a Capricorn stellium. So I feel like my cap stellium and my North node and cap, I'm like, I can see this stuff and I can make a quick action plan for you. But as an aqua sun, I'm like, I also love to be like, let's do it differently. Let's do it your way. Let's make it fun. So 100%, I see my astrology play into my work. I think it's so cool too. Cause I was looking at your site before we jumped on and even like your colors, like the colors, the branding, the whole vibe, it feels very Aquarius meets Virgo. So I, I fucking love it. It's so amazing. So let's just, let's dive into podcasting a little bit because this is obviously, I mean, here we are on this podcast, which I had has been a labor of love. There's been a few yes. times I've wanted to quit. Um, cause it's a lot of work, but it's, let's talk about just how it can increase our confidence, our impact and how it can be a great tool for business. Just really, I'd love to hear your son and Aquarius take on podcasting. Absolutely. Well, I think what's interesting is if you just look at where all the investments are going these days, it's into audio. I don't know if anyone's been catching this, but if you go look at articles now, they've actually started to make them listenable. So instead of reading an article, you can listen to them. If you look where Spotify is putting all their money, it's to these exclusive podcasts. If you look at Chani, Chani Astrology app, they just launched a podcast. So I'm like, it's interesting to see that all the investments now people are realizing audio is such a powerful tool. And I think this is why I think the first reason is you can have so much more nuanced and complex conversations that are not limited by character count, video count, or algorithms. It's like what you say is going on the podcast. Obviously you can edit it down, but the fact that you and I, Natalia could take an idea and talk about it for 45 to 60 minutes, your listeners are going to hear way more than they would on a 30 second reel or a very few short seconds of an Instagram story. So when I think of business owners starting a podcast, I'm like, imagine bringing your sales page to life with your voice. Imagine all the concepts you talk about in your business, being able to dedicate an entire podcast episode to that. That is so much more powerful than just a few pieces of copy or text on a post. The second reason I think it's so powerful is because it's your personality. Your voice is like truly an extension of your soul, right? Like the fact that you just said my voice is so powerful means so much to me because it's like, that's me. That's the way you can personify me. I think that's the way you can personify your business. So I know it sounds like a catchy line, but I'm like, you are literally giving your voice, excuse me, your business a voice. So when people are reading and you're like, you know, when you're writing a sales page, you're like, oh, I just wish I could tell people 
what I'm thinking. I wish I could just like talk to them one-on-one and tell them exactly what I'm thinking. And I'm like, you can with a podcast. So I think it's such an excellent way to deep dive into topics you want to talk about, but also show your personality. My podcast is not about podcasting. My podcast is about travel, dating, relationships, lifestyle, business mistakes I've made. And if anything, that shows more of my human side and people are more invested in working with me because they're like, oh my God, you just went on that trip. I love traveling. Let's meet up in Portugal. It's never like, oh, I read your one Instagram post and wanted to work with you. It's always, they listen to my podcast. So I actually have done some inventory with my own processes and been like, where do my clients come from? And I have them in my applications, fill out where they find me. And I even run Instagram polls. Always, always, always it's from the podcast or from being on someone else's podcast. So when I found that out, I was like, okay, this is not random. This is very clear that podcasting is the channel that people are finding me at. And I think it's because they get to hear more of my personality and voice. And I I challenge business owners to get into it because I'm like, you can say more, you can do more, you're more free to talk, right? How many of you have seen people get flagged in the last year for quote unquote inappropriate content? And it's like, nothing's even that inappropriate. They're talking about sex and they got flagged. They got kicked off Instagram. I think a lot of people are scared to show up on Instagram because of that. I'm like, guess what? If you start a podcast, you could talk for 60 minutes about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like you can talk about whatever you want on a podcast. And I think that's my favorite thing. And third of all, I compare podcasts um, to email lists. So you know how you have an email list and you own that list. You send an email and you know exactly when you send it at 5 p.m. on Friday, your email list is getting it at 5 p.m. on Friday. Whether they open it or not, we don't know, but we at least know it's getting sent on 5 p.m. on Friday. Same exact thing with a podcast. If you schedule it 5 p.m. on Friday, they're getting it. And the podcast apps, if they're subscribed, usually alert you that Natalia Benson has a new podcast episode. Boom, I can listen to it right then and there. And guess what else I can do while listening? Other things. I can go on a walk. I can clean. I can do laundry. I don't have to sit and watch something. And that passiveness of podcasting of how we can how we consume it is also, I think, one of the biggest reasons people love podcasts. So I could talk about this for hours, but I think those are some of the main oh, reasons. Oh, Chelsea, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I actually needed this conversation today <laughs> because especially just with everything going on right now, it's like, I definitely have moments with my podcast where I'm just like, I love it. And once I sit down to record or meet a guest, I'm in, but it's just, you know, and you know, this like running a full-blown business, it's just like, there are so many moving parts at times. So you are just reinvigorating my excitement and my why, because just to touch on something you said that I find so fucking powerful is like, I see this podcast and podcasting in general, or I'll just speak for myself as a mission mover, like, because you're right, especially with how content is coming these days. I'm not on TikTok. I think, I don't know if I'll ever do TikTok. Who knows? I I like Instagram, but it's so short now. It's literally like, I'm looking at milliseconds of doing things. Whereas Mm -hmm. for me, I'm more, my personality and the way I I touch people, I feel is more in long form. So I just love that you touch on that because I think people can get bogged down, especially when they're entrepreneurial and they're just like, how am I going to like make it and move forward? If maybe I don't want to be on TikTok all the time doing whatever or Instagram all the time, but this is such a profound platform. So I just love how you like 
just like sealed that in and you got me even more excited about Yay, making time I'm for excited. this. I have so many episodes to record before I go out of the office um, for my wedding. It. So it's all the things. Let's talk about mindset and systems when it comes to podcasting. So I know we touched on that for a moment, but anything, uh, any advice or tips that you'd love to share about the way to approach your mindset when it comes to podcasts and also the systems, because girl, I run this, Megan and I run this out of a Calendly and a Google sheet. But when I started, it was an absolute like capital S shit show. So (laughs) I want everyone to be better off than me. So let's, I want to hear your take on this. Absolutely. I'll actually start with systems. I think to piggyback on what you were just saying, there's so many moving parts with podcasts. You're like, well, you wake up and you're like, wait, I have to get back to my clients. I have to get back to these emails. I have to record a podcast, make Instagram graphics, make a TikTok. Like it's so much. So what I tell my clients is look at your podcast as this main hub of content, like the mothership of content. And then you extract from your podcast to create your social content. So I used to make this mistake of thinking of my podcast and Instagram and email lists as these three separate entities. And that's what made it so meant so mentally overloading mental overload was like, oh my God, now I have to turn on my email list brain. Now my TikTok brain now. And it was just too much. So now what I do is let's say I record a whole episode about travel, like five tips to travel to Europe. That episode, I am now going to take the five tips to travel to Europe and make a carousel out of that. Then I'm going to take it and make a reel and look directly at the camera and say, here are my five tips to travel to Europe. Then I'm going to take that content and put it into an email and link back to my podcast and say, here's the high level overview of five tips to travel to Europe. Make sure you, you tune in for even more specifics. And then I just link them back to my podcast. So it's this ecosystem of content that's all working together and you're actually maximizing the content's impact versus like you said, putting so much time in a a graphic that you're like, oh my God, I thought this was going to do well. And 10 people liked it. I thought my email list, this email was going to have such a high open rate. It's like, make everything circulate back together because when you have all those touch points, people recognize them more and they're more likely to listen or engage with the content that you posted. So I always tell my clients, again, start with the mothership of content, which is your podcast, and then extract and create your, your social content and your email content from the podcast. So I think that's a system that would save a lot of people time instead of looking at everything as separate entities. I also think having an intake form would save a lot of people a lot of time. So, you know, when you book a guest and you need their links and their social handles and their headshot and what they want to be called and their bio, a lot of people do this manually through email. When you start booking a lot of guests, things get lost And then you're like, wait, did she send me the headshots? Did she send me that? Wait, she did, but that girl didn't. It becomes a mess. Um, Like you said, if you don't have a system up front, it can be really hard to manage this stuff. So I always like to encourage people to create some type of Google form, type form, anything that can collect these materials that you send to them upon booking. So that by the time you record, you already have that. And then when you're done recording, you don't even have to think about it. You're like, boom, the recording's done. I have all her information. Now I'm going to send it off to whoever needs to package this all up instead of piecemeal. There's a lot of a lot of steps that go into podcasting, recording, show notes, editing, and marketing. So when you think of all these different pieces, how can you kind of condense them into one? I think that intake form takes care of a lot of it. Um, like you just said, scheduling, a scheduling link is key. 
I can't tell you how many people make this mistake of losing out on interviews because they're going, they're doing so much back and forth with guests and the guest checks out and they're like, oh my God, this is the fourth time we're trying to schedule an email or an interview. I just can't, I'm too busy. So when you send a link with your availability that they get to choose from, you just close that gap of how long it took to book and they're more likely to book. So 100% get a scheduling link. And then if you have people on your team, you definitely need some type of project management software, whether that's Asana or Airtable or Trello and make things very clear and defined who's doing what. So you can't like sometimes be like, well, I'm going to create the graphics this week, but next week you're going to edit and create graphics. And then maybe in two weeks I'll create and edit. It's like have people have the clear roles and then make your project management software work for you. Like here's the social media board and here's the assets we need. Um, I'm just learning about automations, by the way. So I will tell you, I hired someone to help me with this because I'm like, that's not how my brain works. I'm good at one-on-one or group stuff, like bringing those ideas down to earth. The automations piece, my brain is like, what is a workflow? What is happening here? So I hired a system specialist and she's made this amazing, amazing process of basically when I show up to recording now, all I have to do is show up to the recording. And then she set up this whole workflow that will like alert my editor when we're done recording. It will alert the guest of when the episode's going to go live. It's just like, Boom, automation, automation. I'm here for this. Yes. This is your double Virgo speaking though too, because you definitely have the, the mastery and the insight around like the platforms, which I always find Virgos are like brilliant with things like that. But then in addition, that delegation of just like, okay, you know what? I'm not masterful at this. So let me go ahead and pass this off to someone who's better at it. You know exactly. what I mean? So that's brilliant. Yes, hiring people because- that's the thing too, like editing takes a long time, like the graphics can take a long time. So if you have the resources or, um, you know, availability to hire people, I have, I think three people on my team now that help me with my podcast. I have an editor, a video editor, and a social media graphics creator. And so now we were talking about zone of excellence and zone of genius and stuff before I know how to do everything for my podcast. I know how to do graphics and edit and upload is that the best use of my time? No. So I need to outsource that. So definitely at some point, some point, if you can outsource a lot of these tasks, I would, but I think just for people starting the basics are a scheduling link, some type of intake form for your guests. And then perhaps even, um, kind of like a preparation form of just like, Hey, here's the link again, make sure you join in a quiet room with headphones, just kind of setting the space. And, um, I will say one final thing when you're doing interviews asking people what they're open to talking about and what they're not open to talking about. Absolutely. I made that mistake early with a a huge influencer. And I remember she was like, I'm an open book. I'll talk about anything. And I asked her just to make sure I was like, you know, you just opened up about this very personal thing on Instagram. Can we talk about that? And she was actually like, oh, actually, no, I don't want to talk about that. And so I was like, thank God I asked because I can't imagine during the interview getting to that question and having her totally mentally and physically shut down and then the interview go haywire. So you really want to ask people what's off boundaries and like what's out of bounds when you record with them. Oh my God. Yes to all of this. Did you like our process? Are we, yes. are we hit the boxes? It's yes, taken so long. The type form. I was like, great, ready to go. I got a confirmation email yesterday. Yeah. Yes. The Zoom links in there. I'm like, yeah, you guys have definitely nailed the process. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You all know I love traveling. 
but last year I found myself living in Germany during lockdown, okay? Lockdown meaning I had no friends, no support system, I couldn't speak the language, I was truly locked inside for months with my only social outings involving going to the grocery store and my only outlet being work, which was a fast track to feeling burnt out and isolated. I knew I needed help and someone to talk to, so I downloaded BetterHelp. It was exactly what I needed and I've been using it ever since then. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your own convenience. I currently do it in my bedroom while traveling. One of the reasons I continue to use BetterHelp is because of the range of expertise and their 20,000 plus therapist network. It gives you access to help that you may not find available in your area. For example, maybe you're struggling with relationships, so you're seeking out someone who specializes in relationships. Or maybe you're struggling with family dynamics or depression, and you want to find someone that specializes in those fields, you can filter it out on the app. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I use the text feature all the time with my therapist, Rosalie. Between sessions, I'll share what's coming up, like any triggers or issues that I'm facing, and she helps me work through them before our next video session. It's honestly my favorite feature, especially with my time zone difference here in South Africa. And here's the thing, finding the right therapist is like dating and you have to find the right match. Fortunately, with BetterHelp, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And guess what? You get a 10% discount off your first month of therapy. Just use my link betterhelp.com slash rife10. Oh, and PS, they have financial aid. So check that out too. Again, use code RIFE10 at checkout or head to the link in my show notes where the code is automatically applied. And I will say even just a little behind the scenes, like I like to, I like to take notes like while I'm interviewing, but I also have everything pulled up on my phone because through what you submitted through Typeform or Calendly, I don't remember how we're doing it now, but I just have exactly what it is. You're like, yes, boom, boom, boom. And then I can get inspired and ask my questions off of that. I feel like you are excellent with interviewing. So let's talk about that. Do you, I'm a little more off the cuff as many of my babes listening know, um, that you can probably sense it, but what do you think? Like, I guess everyone's style is unique, but how do you like to be, do you like to prepare? Do you like to be a little more off the cuff? Like what's your, what's your vibe with interviewing? And then let's talk about maybe just a couple tips you have for interviewing. Cause like I said, I mean, that's, that's really why we are connected here because <laughs> I was, like I said, I was so impressed. Just a quick little note. I have at this point done many, many interviews and, um, hopefully many, many more to come in the future. So I've had a lot of different experiences being interviewed and it's interesting because what I find so powerful, and I feel like you exemplify this And one of my favorite podcasts is School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. And I love the way he interviews. And I noticed when you were interviewing me, you had a cadence and a style that was similar to him. And what I mean is that you stayed very focused 
on me. Hopefully you've, I'm a little more conversational, but I really, I really respected. And you inspired me with the way that I interview of how to still maintain conversation because obviously you're human, but still really make sure that you're focused on your guests. So that was a long, a long question, but let's talk about the art of interviewing and then any specific tips that you might have, maybe some do's and don'ts. Yeah. This is one of my favorite, favorite topics. I love teaching my clients about this. I have a lab coming up called interview like Oprah, because it's like my favorite, favorite topic ever. So to start, if you're a curious person, follow that curiosity. That's how I start prepping for interviews. So I already know a lot about you just from looking at your Instagram and your website, right? I know that you are a women's empowerment coach, astrologer, money mentor. Those are all things that I could figure out about you again, just from looking at your website and Instagram. So curiosity is what led me to go deeper. When we were interviewing, I was like, you know what? She runs a very successful business, but she also just got engaged. That's a like, how on earth did she manage a relationship, a very healthy relationship that progressed to end up being turning into an engagement while running all these different programs and a podcast, like just as a business owner, I was like, that's really interesting to me. And that's not something that you probably do talk about your relationship online, but you don't get to the behind the scenes and the specifics of like, how do you actually manage quality time with your partner while running a billion programs and serving all these clients? So to me, I was like, here's the funny thing. It's kind of a selfish question. I was like, if we were going out to coffee, that's what I would ask you. So I like to think of that for my guests. I'm like, if we were just out one-on-one to brunch or coffee, what would I ask her? And of course, this is where, again, like asking them what's out of bounds and what's in bounds is where you want to like really, um, take note of that. But then I also, I do write like a kind of high level questions of like what I want to get into. But I think what makes a great interviewer is two things. You make the guest the hero, which is really hard when you have your own podcast. I know because I, I, it's like, it's my podcast. I want to talk. I'm the host. It's the Chelsea show. You know what I mean? You're like, it's me, me, me. But when you have a guest, you really have to take a back seat. So if I could give you a percentage, I would say your guests should be talking like 70 to 80% of the time. And you should be talking like 20 to 30. You should really just be the guider and the facilitator of where it's going. But I think a lot of mistakes, I think a don't, what you're talking about do's and don'ts, people tend to turn it back to them and then go on this total rant about their life story. And then the guests didn't even get to finish their thought. I hear this all the time where people are like, I did that too, back in blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, okay, you can tell the guests are just waiting there to like finish their thought. And then you're like, okay, so they're going to circle back on that question. Right. And then they just move to the next question. So if you have a list of questions, try not to just look at them like a laundry list of like, okay, great. Natalia answered question three. So I'm going to question four, listen to what she's saying. I think that's the art of interviewing is active listening. So maybe I wanted to talk about astrology, but maybe you were really doubling down on money management and that's really interesting and helpful. I'm not going to just switch gears into astrology if you can tell that you're getting fired up and passionate about a topic. So this is where understanding like bodily cues and nonverbal cues, right? If I see you leaning in, like you're leaning in right now, you're leaning in, you're, you know, you're invested, you're looking at me. That's a really good sign. If you see your guests like texting and like kind of, you know, you can see they're like on Slack, you can hear their Slack messages going off in the back. They're not really paying attention. Something is happening where there's a disconnect where you're probably asking them just a lot of the same questions they've already been asked. So I, I actually try to listen to interviews they've been on too. And I'm like, okay, 
You've already talked about how you built a business. You've already talked about astrology. You've already talked about these things. What are the things you haven't talked about? I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, there are probably things that you and I talked about in our interview that maybe you hadn't been asked before that made it more memorable or that we dove into on a deeper level that you were like, wow, that wasn't another run of the mill. Here's how I built my business. And here's what you can do too type of interview. Um, yes, I could feel you were just very sincere. And I liked, I really liked that the conversation was, um, it was like, obviously like you knew, about my work, which I always say that makes someone feel acknowledged. And in addition, you had really interesting questions that were almost like backstory because that's not like many people know, I don't love the word niche, even though niching is important to a degree, but it's like, the reason is that we're so much more than that. And so I feel like your interview style allowed me to be human and just like also explore these other things. So phenomenal. Love that. Yeah. Specifics too. This is what I think people could do. This is an easy fix. So let's say, I think you and I remember talking about this. You're like, you know, I had, I was really struggling to pay rent. And then, you know, with just hard work and determination, I was able to build my business. My brain is like, how the hell did you go from barely being able to pay rent to running a business. Like we need to close that gap with specifics because you told me that you somehow were able to invest in a $150 birth chart reading. I remember putting myself in your shoes and actually thinking if I was struggling to pay rent, where would I find $150 to invest in a random birth chart reading? And that specific question then opened up the door to like very specifics of how you manage your money, how you're able to be resourceful. And it turned into this whole different pathway that we could double click on it. I like to use the word double click, like, you know, and you're in a window and you're like, I want to learn more. So when people give you high level answers or more like, you know, we went from A to B, double click on that. How did you go from A to B? Um, I hear this a lot with coaches. They're like, you know, I was broke. And then with just hard work and a few mentors, I was able to build the business of my dreams. And I'm like, I need to know the very next step. Like you're telling me you had to ask your parents for money and then you built a six figure business. We need to know what happened in between that. And I think that's the story that people want to hear. And that's what makes a good interview when you can get really, really specific. Wow. This is incredibly powerful. And I feel like I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about social media and the way that we relate to social media, because I feel like much of what you're bringing forward for maybe someone, and and look, I've been doing this podcast since 2018 and you're sharing things here where I'm like, oh damn, like Chelsea got my number. I got to like, like, I'm going to like make some good changes, but it's like, here's the thing. I feel like what can be intimidating at times is we're hearing these, this incredible insight. And then it's like, wait, how do I apply this? I already have I don't know if I want to be seen on social media. I don't know how to like step up and use my voice or even have a healthy relationship to being, to putting myself out there. So could we talk a little bit about that? Maybe some social media reframe and just how, because obviously this is a big tool for businesses at this time. Yeah. I think like a very tactical reframe is just thinking of social media as your third priority. So that's, I treat it now as almost like a second inbox. I think the issue that I was having with social media was 
how accessible the DM feature was. It's my favorite feature because I get to talk to people, but it's almost the same thing as if someone had your cell phone number. They can just reach out at any time, whenever they want, send you whatever. Like, it's just kind of wild when you think about it, that if you're a public page, anybody can message you. So I like to think of it now as almost a second email inbox. And again, now it's almost a landing page for all my other content to be repurposed on. So I don't think of it so separately. So I think that helps because I'm like, this isn't my main priority and I'm not, I'm not putting all my eggs in the Instagram basket or the TikTok basket. I'm using it as a way to just maximize the content from my podcast and really expand the lifespan of the podcast because I feel like my message is the most clear and the most powerful on the podcast. And then these other channels are just like social sharing assets and ways to communicate at different touch points. Um, I also think when you think about Instagram, TikTok, all these things, think about what you like doing and what you don't like doing. Like I remember when Reels came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to learn every dance and I have to do all the this and the pointing and this. And I'm like, I like, that's not my personality. I'm actually much funnier and like a bit snarkier than, than the reels will allow me to be. And like, I want to be able to show that. So recently I invented a character named Sophia and she's Sophia, the self-centered coach. And she's everything that you don't want a coach or a podcaster to be. And so I'm like, I'm using her as this like funny SNL character, almost that she's like an example of what not to be or do for podcasting. And to me, that's much more fun. So I'm like, you know, someone may look at that and be like, that's not professional. That's not like, that's not buttoned up and whatever formal. And I'm like, that's not my personality. Like I said, I'm an Aquarius son. I'm like, I'm not here to be like buttoned up cupcake cookie cutter girl. So to me, like making these characters was fun. So I encourage people like there's probably, if you're hating social media, it's probably because you're doing something on there that you just don't like doing. You're like, I don't like doing the reels. I don't like doing stories or I don't like making these professional graphics every time I have to post. So make it work for you. Um, my coach's Instagram right now, she just does like dances in the back and then puts text over it. And those are her posts. And she's an incredibly successful coach. So I think when you're thinking of social, make it work for you and your personality. And then again, if you have a podcast, think of how you can just distribute your podcast on social. I want to go back to something you mentioned about the systems and having your podcast be the, uh, I, I think you said the mothership of your content. Yeah. Could we also take that a step further? What is your take on monetization? Like whether it be monetizing the podcast or monetizing certain parts of social, I'd love to hear a little more on that. Oh my gosh, Natalia, you just asked me a question that I'm like fired up to answer. Because <laughs> Let's do it. I know that people listening are already tuning out thinking I don't have a big enough following and I don't have a big enough podcast to monetize. I'm here to report really good news. You can monetize. So I'm going to talk probably about like four or five different ways you can monetize. Um, the first is creating a bonus subscription channel. And maybe you offer one extra episode a month, two extra episodes a month, maybe it's one extra episode a month, and then a Q&A call with your listeners. You can host this wherever you want, on Patreon, on Substack. You could have just a whole separate membership site. And you don't have to have a big following for this. If people are invested in your work and your podcast, they'll automatically want to listen to more episodes. So subscription-based bonus content is really popular. Apple Podcasts and Spotify have now a subscription program where it doesn't matter your following. You can just offer a subscription tier and it can be like ad-free or extra uh, episodes, whatever you want. The second way to monetize is traditionally through sponsors. I think this one 
there's a few ways I would recommend this. This one's harder if you don't have a, an established podcast because advertisers at the end of the day are trying to drive people to convert their product. So yes, it is a brand awareness play where you know, you don't usually listen to one podcast sponsor spot and then go buy it. And I think brands understand that. But at the same time, if you only have one or two episodes live, it is a bit harder to try and get a brand sponsor. However, it's not impossible. I find that if you go after younger companies and startups, they have more experimental money. So this is where my background in sales and that whole influencer marketing job I worked, um, we found that younger companies have they're usually the ones that just got all this investment money, right? So they're like, we're just experimenting right now. Like, yeah, let's try podcasting. This girl looks like she really is like committed to podcasting. We'll give her 500 bucks for a spot. You never know. So going after startups and young companies is really great. Um, also like product exchanges. You could just say in exchange for, I don't know, like giving me your book, I'll promote it on my new podcast or a water bottle. I love your water bottles and I want to use them. If you send me a water bottle, I promote it on your podcast, or excuse me, on my podcast. So sometimes maybe you don't have to monetize with uh, actual cash. You could monetize with product. And then the third, I think the fourth, I don't even know how many I've said, is with your services and offers. I think this one is the one that, and Natalia, I would love to hear your take on this too. I didn't realize how powerful podcasting was in converting people to clients until I launched my very first course. My very first course launch resulted in 20 signups and 99% of them came from my podcast. And that's when I put two and two together that I was like, this is not random. It's because people have been listening to me for so long. By the time I put something out there, they were like, let's go ready to buy. And I thought that was so cool. And now I can see too, when I have like a really powerful, specific, insightful episode, my leads will go up. I'll get more DMS. And I'm like, it's always from the podcast. So if you set, if you go on a podcast or you have a podcast episode and sign a high ticket client to me, that's monetizing your podcast too. I mean, one of, and I think our babes listening know this, but I think I've had maybe two ad sponsors, like, and I'm very specific. We've, we've been approached many times, um, but I utilize this space to share what I do. And that is the main, one of the main drivers, not only to bring the mission forward, have incredible guests and have a service, but it is an amazing tool for this business. And I love, I, I have a lot of Gemini in my chart, so I like to share. And then the fact that it can be a tool to like share offerings and the membership, we have an email lead gen ad in here. I'm giving you guys all the sauce today, but we've got, we've got a lot going on, on, on this little platform. And it's part, as you were mentioning, like just being able to show up and give to someone, because that is why I talk about this all the time, but that's why someone's going to make a purchase with you. It's not because your eyes are dotted and your T's are crossed on every what the heck ever. It's because they feel you and they trust you. So 100%. I love that, babe. Wow. Chelsea, you are so next level. And this has been, <laughs> this you. is so, so helpful. So this is going to be coming out sometime in early July, you're like, what do you have going on early <laughs> July? Give us the goods or how someone can work with you. Or if you'll have any spots open this summer for coaching, give us all the details. Yes, absolutely. So I will have a group course that's self-paced. It's called Mic Drop and it's for launching a podcast. So if you want to learn how to launch and interview and really sustain your podcast, Mic Drop is going to be out. 
I usually have one-on-one spots kind of opening every quarter. So July, there will be one-on-one spots. I'm sure of it. And then I'm going to have VIP days coming out. So by the time this is live, if you want to work together on a specific skill set, so maybe it's interviewing, maybe it's monetizing, maybe it's pitching. We focus on that specific topic during a VIP day. And then um, I'm going to have a few labs coming up. So interview labs, monetization labs, pitching labs, and they're going to be very experiential. So like an interview lab, you're actually going to come and learn how to research a guest. And then you're going to practice with a, with a person in the lab. And then you're going to leave with the resources and templates and knowledge to be able to go nail your interviews. So I'm really excited about the labs because they're going to be just very like action oriented and execution oriented. So I want people to learn by doing, and that's what the labs will be about. So yeah, if you follow me on my website, chelsearife.com or Instagram at chelsearife, you'll be updated on all these offerings. And we'll have all your links in the show notes. I cannot thank you enough. Like you just came here and poured so much incredible wisdom into us. And you, I'm just, I'm really, and I just want to say too, just as someone who's, met you through my work. Like, it's just so incredible to witness you just, I feel you so in your power and so in your voice. And it's just, it's, it's always really special for me just to get to, to witness the process and, uh, and just, yeah, this has been wonderful. So thank you. So grateful to be on. So thank you. Thank you, babe. Bye guys. Well, there you have it. Now you know why I'm so obsessed with podcasting. I hope you learned a lot from this episode. And just a reminder, if you do want to launch a podcast, I have two spaces open to start in August. And I will leave the link in my show notes if you want to check out more information or just DM me on Instagram at Chelsea Rife or email me info at ChelseaRife.com and I'll send you more information. And don't forget, next week I am pulling a winner for the giveaway for leaving a review. So if you leave a review, screenshot it, send it to me, Make sure you screenshot it before you submit it to Apple and then send it to me on Instagram or info at chelsearife.com. And this giveaway is for written reviews only. I'm giving away two free 30-minute podcast consults. So right now my podcast consults are only 15 minutes. So if you want a really in-depth conversation for 30 minutes, all you have to do is leave a review. Again, take a screenshot, send it to me. I will pull the winner next week. All right, everyone. Next time I talk to you, I will be in Valencia, Spain. I'll probably be crying because I studied abroad there and it's very nostalgic to me. And I get really emotional about places like you probably heard on the episode last week with Lynette and locational astrology. I really am so pulled to certain places. So I definitely want to do a full update on Valencia, Spain. But don't worry, there's something brewing right now with all my travels and behind the scenes content that is coming out very soon. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week in España.